If I told you what I put them lads through, you wouldn't believe it. Curling has to be the most difficult, eye-hurting sport I've ever witnessed. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been described as the bridesmaids of Harlan, but today we got married. Oh, there's no rules. This guy just grabbed the ball, flew it up in the air, and then hit it. But, balls of heart, late. I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with us through taking pace. Hello and welcome to the Hurling Podcast for our All-Ireland review and a look ahead to the under-20 and minor championships that are starting for Wexford this weekend. Joined as always by my co-host Ben Burney. How are you, Ben? Okay. And we're also delighted to be joined by Wexford and Naveena star Connor McDonald. How are you doing, Connor? How's it going? And we also have current Wexford under-20s coach and regular guest on the pod, Davy Redmond. How are you doing, Davy? How are you getting on, lads? You doing well? Good, 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 good. good. So, Limerick are good at hurling. Discuss. <laughs> Limerick, yeah, they certainly put on a show at the weekend. Um, they've played well through the whole um, season, I suppose. Um, no one seems to have been able to get anywhere near them. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, I feel like maybe at times people are blowing the all Ireland champions up. Um a little bit more than what they are. Um, I think that happens every year. I think every year teams turn around and say, or the whole country turn around, should I say, and they they talk about who's the best team who won the All-Irelands. Everyone was talking about who Tip played last year and tried to mimic them. Um, and I feel like that will be the case for Limerick as well. Um, but I look at, they seem to have just found ways to beat every team. And uh, yeah, they looked impressive at the weekend. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting to say that. that it has, it does happen. It always happens. I mean, it happens with Kilkenny, but it was always probably right. It happened with Clare in 2013. It happened um, Galway there a couple of years ago as well. I was thinking, mm. like, this Galway team are so big, so physical, so powerful. Like, what's going to stop them? They were automatically favourites for the next year. It's happened with Limerick then. And to be fair, with Limerick, I think it's more, it's more substantial because... Last year, you felt that they, could, they were kind of up there with being the best team. They kind of just caught, got caught by Kilkenny. Mm. And then this year... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, like, I just... Like, if you look at 2013, Clare team, not overly big, small, skillful, had a plan. Next thing, everyone wants to play a sweeper. Everyone wants to have this plan. Galway turnaround, or the Kilkenny's or whatever, tip in 16. Galway turnaround 17, 18, and like our big, strong, physical team, the Kilkenny's of the mid-2000s, everyone then tries to mimic that. Then Limerick come along and now they're playing their style, they're getting some success from it, now everyone's got to try to start playing their style. You know, if you don't have a, a, a substantial plan now in place, generally I find most managers are going to, even in club teams, are going to turn around and be like, oh, this is what Limerick do. Um, and while you can take stuff from it, I just don't, I just don't know, like, you said there about, uh, you know, Kilkenny barely pipped them. Personally, I feel like we were probably one, the, one of the best sides, if not the best side in the country last year. And I have no problem saying that. Um, and I would have said Tip pipped us. So, you know, it's all, I look at it, it's all opinion. And my, like, it's all everyone's opinion. But I just feel like, you know, they were beaten last year, the same as what we were. Um, 
And look at fair play to them. They've bounced back. They've had a really good year and they have been top class for the for the majority of the season, if not all of it. Um, they've gone unbeaten, which is is some feat in itself, especially with nearly every team being so tight now. Yeah, they put on a massive display, didn't they? Um, it was uh, very, very impressive. I think a lot of the talk this week is about the sheer, the, the sheer presence of the team alone, the physical size, the way they, the way they hit Waterford. Waterford just couldn't react at all, really. Um, and some of the displays and all Ireland finals, like normally some of your best players don't perform on on, on all Ireland final day. I think Jackie Tyrrell done an article during the week about that. Um, that is generally someone that's some of the lesser known talents that perform on the big day but you know, Limerick's big boy showed up and they showed up in style that half forward line is just incredible and yeah not every team not, not, not every team in the country is uh, will be able to copy that um, there will definitely be a lot of, lot, lot of clubs and a lot of counties now for the coming year trying their best but um yeah, that's been a. You could say that's a. That's a team that has been built over a long number of years from underage up. So, starting to show some serious fruition now. Yeah, and and saying that the way they've been built is going back to what you had just mentioned, Connor. About, you know, are are other teams going to try and mimic what they're doing now? You can't really mimic it because they've been doing it for. If you try to copy what Limerick are doing, you're five six years behind Limerick, so you're not going to catch a team that way whereas I suppose if you go and keep doing what what you're doing what you guys believe in that's the way to do it yeah I yeah exactly and I think if you have a system that's so evident like say for example like if we're playing this we play a sweeper or whatever it may be and we're used to that you know we kind of beat teams by being better at them at that system um, and look at it it comes down to, in my opinion, who dictates the game and how you dictate the game. And I don't think it would be, I think it would be outrageous to go try play Limerick at their game to try dictate them and what they do. Um, and that's that's just what it comes down to. And I think you'd be silly to to try mimic what they're doing to try beat them or any other team that's trying to mimic it. Like you know, if everyone's going around and it's going to start trying to mimic Limerick's game, then we're all going to fall short unfortunately that's the way I yeah. see it anyway the way what teams are doing is they see Galan there and they're afraid of him so they play a man in front and everyone's trying to protect the D so they don't want to they don't want to be drawn out but if you're not drawn out you allow Morrissey and Hegarty to go out and them lads can score from wherever like what do you do do you sacrifice allow Galan on his own or like what, what way do you work it um, I don't know. Like I, I just I find like a system that we we kind of adopt is that we stick man on man and you've a you've a you've a uh, a man marking job in 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 the backs and I know personally if I had a man stuck to me for the full seventy minutes rather than finding myself myself in a bit of space here and there like Marcy and and Hegarty were it seemed like to me that water for a bit. Of, kind of caught in the headlights where they didn't know whether to just go to the man, stay back, play the zones. They're just going to overload you. And come here, Limerick are well able for that. They know that that's going to happen. If they go to zonal marking, they don't have to Tipperary. Tipper are renowned for being zonal markers. Um, 
and sticking to their wings and stuff like that. So they're just going to overload the far side and they're going to create a two-on-one. Like even that example in loan is just going to, you know, free up everyone and free up all their forwards because you're going to create an overlap. So I don't know. Personally, I would feel like a man-on-man situation would be the best. And listen, if it means that some lads get to clean out someday, it means that we're going to have to clean out some some of their backs as well, you know. And that's not always that simple now, but... <laughs> <laughs> they do have an absolute, like, they have a clear, a clear identity of a, of how they want to play. And it's 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 been a, a good few years now mold in that plan but um and the absolute buy in it absolute belief in it um the absolute belief in their manager and their coach you can see that i'd say um i heard something during the week there as well about them being uh, all the all the, all the backroom team and majority of them are all teachers you know to say the best coaches are, are teachers so it's um whatever plan they have they absolutely know it down to a t um, they can play it short. They can play it long. They can play man on man. They can, you know, they can uh, play the space. They can play the zones. They seem to be able to play it a lot of ways. And if you, if if you want, if you want to, I suppose counteract that. First of all, you probably need to be up with them in terms of it, with the physical states anyway, because probably Connor in in the way Wexford play, like our cornerbacks our cornerbacks and our fullback line at times will get isolated. And like, if you're up against a physical person there and they're carrying two kilos more than you and they're a bit more powerful, like it's, it's, it's very hard to dominate someone like that one-on-one in a lot of space. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I know, I know myself, if you were inside there and you had a, a situation where you're a one-on-one and you knew that you might've been a bit, bit more physical than the fella that you're marking, you'd, you'd be rubbing your hands together. But like you say, it's not all. It's not. It's rarely the case now where an inside forward is gonna in any team is gonna is gonna be like that. And I think, like you said, you can't be isolated inside because it's gonna turn into green flags and no team, as we can see even from the weekend, Limerick had no intentions in in conceding goals. Um, but again, it was the overlap. It was that person who was getting back, who seemed to be free and not marking, was able to take the person down. They've only scored a goal in one game this year. But their long-range point scoring, lads, is absolutely, it's class. Like, um, it's it's really good. It's under a lot of pressure. Like, um, their half-back line can score from anywhere, really. Like, Declan Hannon, now, I, I see it this year more so than, than other years. Declan Hannon is, is stepping up a lot more and pushing up a lot more. And um, I've seen some footage from behind the goal of how they organise themselves and how they marks only and how they push up and how they try and free Kyle Hayes up to um, launch an attack up the wing it's um, it's very systematic but their communication is excellent and probably now with no crowds there it's only more beneficial for them they're very good at passing over, passing off the man and um, generally you'll see uh, guys being passed between Barry Nash will generally play free and he takes a man an odd time or else uh, Kyle Hayes will take a man. But if you're free, you know, they have license to attack. Um, and as Connor said as well, like they're always trying to filter back to, they're always trying to filter back to stop those goals. And we all remember the, we all remember the back in 18 against Cork, wasn't it? And Shamie Harnett, he was taking a shot and there was four or five players around him in front of the goal to stop that goal. 
So they're filtering back with each other and they're attacking with each other. And um, it's just really, really good teamwork, to be honest. It's the speed in which they get back, I think. I kept I kept being mesmerised by the ball goes in long into, say, Desi Hutchinson or someone. And if he doesn't... If it's not in his hand within a second, there's five lads around him. <laughs> like... And the five lads, I'm wondering how are they always where the ball is, but it's just how quick they actually go to swarm an area. Yeah, it's obviously got, it's obviously, um, it doesn't just happen. Like, um, they're being coached, they're being coached very well. So, I know what now what you're asking players to do is when they see a mistake, you pounce on it. So, if you see a bad touch, if you see um, a bad pickup, you've got two or three three guys just pounce on it. Just pounce yeah. on it because it's rare. It's rare inter county, like with the top teams, that you see a mistake. You'd see it in you'd see it in soccer an awful lot there uh, in the Premiership. If 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 one guy makes a bad touch, it generally ends up in the net, you know. So it's obviously they're, they're, that's what's coached into them. Get back, nail them, swarm that swarm that player who's just made a mistake and cause a panic. Um, even at the water breaks, lads, if you saw, if you saw some of the water breaks, it was it was um, so obvious what team was in command. Like the Limerick guys were just standing there, drinking their water, calm as you like. And you look at the water, the water team during the first water break, I think it was, and there was guys and they were starry eyed, they were bewildered, they were they were shocked, you know. I saw, especially uh, there was one clip of Jack Pendergast, like, and he was he he was shocked, you know. The intensity was incredible. You would be shocked with that coming at you, like. Yeah, and taking those hits like with big with big men like what they've got, what Limerick got, like taking those hits continuously, minute by minute. Like I would love to know the amount of contacts actually went in. It's nearly like a rugby game. How many contacts went in? Like you've got some of the guys in the water team that are probably only starting out. You know, some 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 smaller players or some younger players. Like every time you take a hit. It must sap the energy out of you. And you're you're not as confident next time you get the ball to take your man on or break the tackle. And, you know, that was Waterford's strength throughout the championship was taking their man on, taking from everywhere and breaking the tackles and, and, and going at speed. But I tell you, if you get hit once or twice, like, it's a lot harder to go the next time. It's like the old Mike Tyson. You can have all the game plans you want until you get boxed and now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's it. And that is fair, it's fairly apt, yeah. <laughs> you know, it is it's true. But like lads, you know, uh, like like Wexford can't just decide now, right? We we need everyone. We need everyone next year that needs to be six foot four and needs to be fifteen stone and you know, um, built like a built like a bus. You know. You can't just adopt that. Like that has been there. Like I, I saw something before as well about Kyle Hayes is not the size he is, you know, by coincidence. Like those guys have been put on strength and conditioning programs. Um and not just tick the box strength and conditioning programs, you know. They've been put on serious programs right from the very beginning. They've been the top players have been picked out and they've been molded to what they are like. I think it was 10 years ago that Limerick went on strike because of where they were and how they were behind everyone else in Munster. Like, and and they obviously decided that now there was a lot of money pumped in. There was a lot of money pumped in to try and do this. Like, you know, it doesn't just happen without finances. So that's where that's where really you have to look back to like, you know, there was a long-term plan there. 
And so if you want to counteract that, it's not going to just happen this year or next year, or next two years. If you want to be up there with Limerick and over a long, over a consistent number of years, and this team will go on for another few years, um, especially with some of their talent coming through. Um, that's where you start, lads. Would we be in agreement that uh, Hegarty, Hegarty, the right choice for man of the match? I certainly would. Anyway, if I got seven seven points and not in the final, I I'd be running over to collect it myself. I wouldn't care who was in front of me. I was just but, uh, like Morrissey was incredible as well. Yeah, I know. Come here, the two the two lads. I think actually probably have been top class all year. I'd say if there was ever a closer running for harder of the year for two two players from one line, it was it was this year. Um, who would be getting your vote now? Uh, I'd probably give it to Marcy, but I think like either or, literally either or, like I said, seven points from in an hour of the final and consistently scoring three, four, five points a game is worthy of, of that in a year. Just when Davey was talking about how many contacts in all in the game, there was a stat from on the on the 42 an article by Kevin O'Brien that between Hegarty and Morrissey alone they had 21 tackles. Wow. And um, there's, a, there's a really good graphic as well. It shows where all the tackles were and just they're they're on both sides, both sides, like like each of their tackles are both on the right and the left. So they're they're just all over between the two sixty-fives basically. Yeah, a few weeks um, ago there was a great there was a great graph put up of Grode Hegarty's movement throughout. Like he doesn't just stand as your stereotypical um, wing forward. Like he plays both wings, but he never he he did he, he gets a lot of hand passes off the half back line and midfield and everything. But he rarely ever ends up in the middle of the field. It's a very interesting graph. So all his possessions are in a U shape around the centre half back position. It's it's really good. And he goes very very deep. Um, and I think as regards the tackles, what, how many tackles did you say he got, Gary? Between the two of them, there was 21, I think. So there was um, nine tackles for Tom Morrissey well, and there was 12 tackles for Grode Hegarty. And Limerick got 49 tackles in total. <laughs> so it just shows you how, mu- how much work they're doing and in those areas. I think the improvement of Hegarty is it's incredible, really. If you remember two years ago in for Limerick, like he wasn't, he didn't score that much. He was more like, he was a handful and he was in the way of everything. But now he's getting five points a game, whereas before this year, I don't think he would have classed him as a scorer, really. He just it was a hard-working wing forward. like. Yeah, I think I think as well, though, that's how you're you're put into your system that you're playing as well. Um, they obviously have a plan to get the ball to them because they know they're good shooters, whereas that might not have always been the case. Um, Marcy hadn't been an outrageous scorer all the time you know, over the last number of years either, but they've obviously found that they're top class in long range shoot. Same as Galan inside. If you put Galan out wing forward and you know, gave him the same amount of ball, would he put it as many over or would would Grote Hegarty put him over from as tight angles as Galan does? It's just you have to use what you have as well. And I think they're using that and they're varying it as best they possibly can, you know. There's ball gone into Seamus Flanagan the other day. That's a dream, um, and it doesn't it doesn't matter what system you play, whoever you're playing inside or how many's in there. If you're getting ball in like that, I don't care what back is marking you or whatever. If you're out in front there, you've your first touch and you've a shot on. 
and you're getting that ball consistently, then it's up to you to be consistently scoring. And I think that's that's the thing, really. They're consistently getting the ball all the time. I'd love to know how many possessions they had, never mind tackles. 17 <laughs> possessions for uh, for Morrissey and 19 possessions for Grod Hegarty. That's outrageous. It's outrageous. Right? I was just saying, I was, I was thinking of, like, if you interview in, in your, Davey, in your time for Wexford or Connor now, if you were getting that many possessions, possessions in a game, you'd be expecting to get a couple of points yourself. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, like, Jesus, <laughs> that's incredible. Isn't it? You'd know Connor, you'd know Connor, um, like, playing in the forwards at inter-county level. Like, it's probably, what are you getting, eight, nine balls? If yeah. Um, that's, you, you come off the field, hopefully, with a couple of points uh, or maybe a goal and think, yeah, you're after doing well. Um, and I remember, like playing midfield, you'd probably be, you know, you'd be on breaks, or you'd be getting, um, you'd be getting hand passes off your halfback line and different things. You might end up, you'd hope to be getting on something like twenty possessions, right? Um, uh, but like that's incredible, that's incredible. But um, it just shows you how, like they're, they're launching their attacks with a simple hand pass to the two lads. I think that's majority of the time that's how it works. Um, so it's the guys breaking out with the ball, like Sean Finn. Sean Finn, like, you're saying he's the best defender now, the best cornerback in the country at the moment. But, like, the skill coming out with the ball, is the, his hurling and the heads-up hurling from their backs, they always seem to have time on the ball. Um, they're so aggressive when they break out with the ball, they're able to give that hand pass out. Um, it's uh, that's, that's That is incredible. 17, or, 17 and, and 19 possessions. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> And then, and then back to the hurler of the year, you know, being between the two of them, something to put into the Tom Morrissey side is he had six assists as well. So five points and six assists. Three of them were for Hegarty, actually. Yeah, three of them were for Hegarty. That's, it was probably a reason why I give it to him as well. I just <laughs> think he's, he, he scores from, he is a lad who could score from, from anywhere. And you just like to leave him free, or they just seem to be free all the time. Two of them do. How how do they do it? Like, I think it's Gary because they, I think it's because of opposing teams. You're just getting caught. You're getting caught. You were probably told when you were going out to follow the man. The next minute you're getting clean out behind. So you're kind of half. You're trying to sit back, and the full back liner onto you to sit back and pull back, and then you're just caught. You're just caught. In, you're doing. You're caught between the two. And before you know it, these guys out the field are after scoring three or four points because they're scoring at will. There's an interesting. Uh, they probably have one of the best statsmen lads involved in, in the country. We had him. We had him with Owler, Johnny O'Donnell, like, and he is absolutely top class at dissecting opposing teams. So, in terms of seeing a weakness and take, uh, and Kilkenny used to do it years ago, but seeing that weakness and absolutely dominating that weakness is um, is something that Johnny would bring in. Like he'd give a series, a, an unbelievably detailed breakdown of the opposing team and where where you can get get an advantage. I think there was definitely on a couple of occasions where the Watford cornerback, um, they put a lot of pressure on him, and he it was a misplaced pass or, or he fumbled possession and they just turned him over and scored. So there's a lot of lot of insights there behind the scenes, like the serious backroom team, some of the best people in the country, like as their backroom team. I know that Mikey Kylie, this SNC guy, Jordan Zoom. I don't. During the, their Zoom meetings and Zoom sessions over lockdown, he said that they'd work on their speed. That was the thing that they hadn't done as much of over, over the years, but they worked on their speed massively. And 
probably we've seen that now in how their backs are coming out with the ball, how Kyle Hayes is coming out with the ball. Like, you know, he's like... I'd say, a, I'd say Kyle Hayes on a fair few possessions himself. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. Like, you're talking about evolution of, of a great team, but, like, that's been something... I didn't see that coming. I don't know if you saw that coming, Connor. Like, we knew he played in the backs, but they just changed that up. They changed up the dynamics a lot by just placing him left wing back. He added a, a whole a whole different uh, attacking structure to the team, like running from deep and breaking tackles. Serious, like um, going up the line like that, like like he does as well. That's the last thing a, a wing forward wants to do is go follow him. Um, I think it's something that we try to implement as well with Wexford. Obviously, it's evident that our our halfbacks are have license to get up the field as well. And I know Sean Murphy last year, like different kind of player, but had um, bubbles at wire in all sorts of trouble just because literally the last thing you want to do as a forward is be down looking at other forwards scoring or being part of attacks. Or your man getting goal chances. <laughs> well, like that, in, in fairness to all lads, that's actually a good thing from, from a Wexford point of view is like Wexford probably initiated that um, last year, especially attacking wing backs, mm. with a lot of teams trying to do that now. Yeah. So that's why I'm. That's why I'm. That's where I started off by this whole thing by saying, everyone's going to say our oh, Limerick are unbelievable now with doing this, that, and the other. But do you think Limerick don't analyze other teams and say, "Hang on, that's actually not too bad either. We might start using that." You know, there's so many teams we've played this year, uh, or you know, say at the begin, very beginning of the year in the league and stuff, and there you can see them. You can see the, the evidence is there in videos, how they're trying to play or how, you know, they've they're implementing our style somewhat. Look at Kilkenny, like yeah, yeah, uh, you know they're, they're, they never they're thought I'd see that. The no, I never yeah. thought I'd see that. Yeah, until they're getting bit, and that's what happens. Until you start yeah. losing games, like like they have over the last number of years, that's what happens. And that is the way it is. And now, because Limerick are beating everyone, everyone's like, all right, let's be like Limerick. Or get stuff from, from Limerick. The same as what Kenny would have done. They're running the ball, taking short passes around the midfield. When have you ever seen Michael Fenley do that? He runs the ball and puts it over the bar himself, or it's in, straight in. It was like it was like it was like the first year that Wexford played a sweeper, and uh, and then the club championship started, and everyone wanted to play a sweeper. Yeah, there you go, exactly. That's um, what I mean. But... I suppose it's how you implement it, isn't it? It doesn't exactly, just yeah. it, it doesn't just happen. It's about how you implement it. And Wexford, and, from Wexford's point of view, like it's don't need to go away from what you're doing. It's a matter of maybe robbing a few, robbing something from other teams, maybe copying certain things that are going well for other teams, maybe and and improving and maximizing what you're already doing well. Exactly, like and come here and just and to touch on Limerick again, and I don't I like listen. They're absolute worthy winners, and I completely think they were a different level above everybody. But you you turn around this time last year, and you're talking about Limerick and Kilkenny, or you talk about Kilkenny been beaten in a final by Tipperary. We we've just spoken now for about what twenty minutes about Limerick's ferocious tackling and stuff like that. They were absolutely upended by Kilkenny twelve months ago. For the same thing, they everyone's talking about Kenny completely outworked Limerick, they outdone this, so they had to go back to the drawing board and implement their plan even better and how they're going to improve. And they obviously Kenny are renowned for being a massively physical team, 
and Limerick weren't that on the day. Um, and that's something, you know, I don't, I, I think Harlan now is so tight and the margins are so small between teams and it doesn't matter. Like I said, if whoever wins the All-Ireland, you're going to, to, everyone naturally is going to say, right, we need to kind of be playing that kind of system or be in or take stuff from it. But I think it's tighter than most people think. You said there, Davey, that Limerick were, what they worked on a lot during lockdown was the speed. So Connor, like when, during the lockdown, what, what were the main things Wexford were focusing on? Yeah, sure. Look at, over the lockdown, it was, it was, difficult to even know when stuff was going to be on so it's hard to play it plan your plan your training but again speed for us would have been like the endurance stuff was kind of in the bank we'll say for for um the early part of the year and that's just you kind of just try to maintain that stuff but it was difficult to even know what was going to come first you know between club and county and it was hard to gauge on that so it was it was um it was all up in the air what we what we should be working on. We we tried to go back to nearly starting a second preseason, but then once we got some sort of indication of when what stuff was coming first and second or whatever, we 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 were all about high speed meters, high speed running, um, and you know that's that's that was really it. Like, why do you think that's like? Could you put your finger on why we didn't perform? Uh, it's a golden question, <laughs> and I don't have the golden ticket. But um, no, look at I, I, I don't know. I just, I just, I don't know. There's so many questions I, I asked myself over the last number of weeks. Um, but I just feel like you know, probably we, we just never got going. We just seemed flat. Um, for the two games, and there's, there's so many different factors that that probably have played a part, but none that you could actually pinpoint. The, the number one thing and I know that's not an answer that you really want to hear but I again I, I couldn't give you a, a, an absolute answer um, to what, what went wrong there was just so many little things that didn't really add up this year and you know I suppose we have to just take that on the chin as much and all as we don't want it really there's one other question that I'm going to ask you you might not want to answer this one <laughs> <I'm not>. <laughs> <laughs> but um, a lot of when people are talking in the media, a lot of the criticism is a lot of criticism. Wexford is that we don't get the ball into the full forward line quick enough, you know, and like sometimes you have to play long. And obviously, to your one of your main strengths is winning the ball in the air. Like, do you are you just like this is the system we go along with it, or sometimes are you frustrated? Just give me the ball in the hand. What, what's your thinking there? Um, well, it, look at it as a forward in general. I feel like I just want the ball as much as possible and as early as possible and as quick as possible. But wherever that is, wherever I am in the field or wherever it is, I I do believe in our system. I do believe in everything we've done. So, and I believe in the work that we've put into implementing our system, which is which is the most important thing I find. Whether it doesn't matter what what you know what kind of player you are or what your strengths are obviously if you can use your your strengths uh, and your attributes to the best of your ability in the plan then that's obviously going to work out better for the team but um yeah like i love uh, being underneath a, a dropping ball more than most i'd say but uh 
yeah, it's 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 just once the plan is there and you know that the plan is 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 working and going to work and has been seen to work and you're you're all in on that. Like. We were to looking. be honest, lads, to be to be fair, to be fair to Connor, um, I think it was around. Connor came out to the scene fourteen, um, tore fullbacks to bits, and then in fifteen, the game plan was nothing else put hit the ball down on top of Connor. To be honest, so yeah. um, quite we really, uh, well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> fifteen there, Gary. Um, the problem was then, you would have seen it too, Connor. There was, uh, I think we played Waterford one particular day, and you had Tiger Burke standing on your toes, and um, yeah. the fullback was standing directly behind you. Everybody, everybody knew where the ball was going, and I don't know how many balls he got out of that, Connor, but it wasn't easy to win anything. Oh, I wouldn't say the return was too good. You felt like Tiger Burke in front of you, not marking a fella, and just shadowing you. It's not going to be. It's not going to be uh, very easy, or you're not going to get a whole lot of change out of him there. Like it's easy to it, it, it lads. It's it's quite easy if a team wants to go route one as the defending team. If you know it's coming route one, it's actually. It's, I'm not saying it's easy, but you know where the ball is coming. It's much better. It's much easier to set up. Your fullback just has to just stop Connor from catching the ball, bring it to ground, and then you just have numbers around the ball. Like you know, Connor, you'd want to be superhuman. I think at times to catch some of the balls that you're expected to catch. Um, <laughs> Looks great and all, but I think it's about finding that balance, isn't it? About getting enough ball, yeah, and in at the right time. Exactly, exactly. And I think I think the the speed of which everything is done, like you look at Limbic there, and you look at their ball that seems to be direct, and you know a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, Limbic are a very direct team at times, but you know, like we spoke about there, Hegarty or or Tom Marcy might have scored three or four points there, and then next thing, bang. There's two balls zinged in, two ball, one high ball gone into Angolan. When the sweeper or someone who's dropping back consistently is thinking, well, I think that half hour line are going to get it. Um, and then it's it's not as if it's laboured, uh, like you said, David. It's hand pass gone, like straight straight away, and it's just delivered. And I feel like the forwards in Limerick know the ball is coming. If they make the run, it's straight there. They're getting it. Like. Sean O'Donnell had us before with Ulert, as I mentioned earlier, and I remember him saying something along the lines of the fastest ball in hurling is not that big long ball drove in from your full back line or your half back line because it's hanging in the air for a, a, a long number of seconds. It's actually those, as you meant, those sharp passes, bang, bang, and then in. Yeah. They're the fastest balls in hurling. That ball that, I, was uh, yeah, that, exactly. that that ball that started with Kyle Hayes, I think it was, and ended up with Aaron Galan. Like went to who did it, it went from Kyle Hayes to somebody else to someone else, then in. And it was an easy yeah. point, I think. And it makes it, it the, easier for the forward then as well. It was the one they did it a couple of times. It went from from either Hayes to Hannon to David Burns or the other way around and in. It went from one to the other to, to the middle to the other side and then just changing the direction, is it? A lot of the times as teams are sucking in other suck, sucking in defenders with these short triangular passes, they're sucking in defenders, they're sucking sucking in people until they can work that, see that long pass, and then it's a then you're trying to get your one-on-one inside or in this or into space and get your easy point. They're very, very good at that. And a lot of teams are working on that, you know, in your possession game. It's not about keeping possession, it's about 
getting the getting a score as fast as possible, really, and but with the best ball in. Where do you go now for Waterford? I mean, everyone at the start of the year kind of wrote them off because last year they didn't win a game. They end up getting to the All Ireland final. They have to be disappointed with their performance. I mean, it's I felt that they needed goals. They actually created one or two goal chances in the first half, but just not taking them really cost them. But do they, they, I, I assume there's no reason for them to be too disheartened and they just keep going at what they're doing and have belief in what Cal is, is working on with them. Yeah, I would definitely say that. Um, you know, they got to a league final last year. No one seems to remember that. They were in an order of final in 17. They're in an order of final in 20. So if you look at it, they're probably featured in more bigger games than most counties. Um, so I'm sure they want to take take something from it. Um, they're not a bad side and they won't be overnight either. But look at, like I said earlier, Again, if you're not on it, and we've learned the hard way there, if you're not on it, or you're you're anyway flat, or you're anyway, you know, any percentages out, come the new year, come the new championship, that's it. You're you'll fall behind. And let me tell you, Limerick will be no different either. They take the foot off the pedal. That'll be that'll be them as well. Same as it would be for anybody else. And I think that's the beauty of how Harlan has gone and the competition itself. Um, you know, you look at the football now and stuff, and it's so difficult to even even think about how anything else is going to change now, or who else is going to win something, or who's going to be the team, or how long it's going to be until that team beat beat them. But I'm sure there's probably five or six teams come the new year are going to be fully convinced that they will be able to beat Limerick or beat Waterford, um, and come up with a plan to try try implement that and try do it. So. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't say they would be disheartened whatsoever. I they'd obviously be extremely disappointed, um. But they were beaten on the day by a better team, and look, it's sure they'd be back. If if I was in the situation, you you'd be you'd be going to get back um, more than ever, personally anyway. Um, I just uh, as regards Waterford, lads. Uh, I think Liam Cal was saying after the match, you know, and he's done a fantastic job along with uh, Mikey Beavins and the rest of it management team down there they transformed Waterford really into um, a very exciting team to watch with an unbelievable edge about how to do things I think we can all agree that they were you know we probably didn't expect them to get to an all in final but a new management team so that's a great sign they seem to have the right lads in place to bring them forward but I think Liam Cattle wrote there or, or, or was interviewed afterwards and he mentioned that they're going to have a look at their whole S&C side of things and try and match Limerick so can that happen overnight I don't know but they definitely have that calibre of players that if they can even add a small percentage onto that that um, it would be a big help and they'll definitely be strong next year I don't know what the situation is with Tyke de Burke if there was one player you did not want to lose in water it would probably be him wouldn't it it's been so, confirmed Cruciate, no. Confirmed, is it? Well, I don't, I, I don't know, but it's not looking good. A, anyway, a lot of people thought that. I thought that myself. Now, it's not looking good for him, and he is a fantastic, a fantastic uh, player. Um, probably going. Is he going to be nailed on all star? Do you think, centre back? Oh, I'd say so. So 
that's a big one too. Now, young Earl Daly done well when he came on. But um, do they have talent coming up? They probably do have one or two players. That's the thing. Like you need to have the you need to have the talent coming through year on year to try and add to what you've already got. And Connor, you probably agree. Wouldn't it be nice if three or four new players came through this year for Wexford to to change the dynamics a little bit and add a bit of freshness and, and bit exactly of, yeah, bit of exactly. And even even from even from that the minor team that won last year going into the twenties. There's nearly there's nearly a thing now where you have to have that, and there's an I would say there's nearly an expectation in in these players to come into a setup and have aspirations to come in and make a difference in a senior setup because I think that's what that's what the biggest thing is. You look at Peter Casey or you look at even Desi Hutchinson who who played for played for Waterford there this year and hadn't been really involved. He came in and added to the team. Um, and force his way in there, like, and I think that's that's where it really started developing a really good squad. Then, speaking of uh, impact, some under twenty ones. Now, you, you probably won't like this memory, Connor, because um, oh it was a a bad beating we got in the end. But we were looking at the 2015 All Ireland final against Limerick. Yeah, and at the time, at the time, we didn't realize. But if you look at their team, like, there's a, there's a full backline there. I don't know who you who you want like if you're picking the full back line of Sean Finn, Richie English, and Mike Casey. And then Dermot Burns and I think Garrod Hegarty is in the half back line. Then there's there's uh O'Donovan, Barry Nash, Keen Lynch, David Dempsey, Tom Morrissey. Like that was an incredible team. Who did, who did yeah. you pick? Richie English? Uh I think I was marking Richie English, yeah. Um yeah, there was one to forget, so thanks uh, for bringing that back up again. But <laughs> I suppose for the spirit of today's podcast, um, yeah, look at sure. Obviously, we played Clare in 2014 as well, and the players they had, the calibre of players. But then saying that, like, I think they went on, they won their all in 21. It gives you that extra bit now just to go ahead and go, go play senior. Um, I think we've had a nice, nice enough return in regards to our players that we've had as well. Um, but just when you know, it obviously gets highlighted when you're after winning All Ireland's and and when you're after you know winning twenty ones and going on to win seniors. Um, but yeah, they had a great side that that year, and sure look, we, we were second best there all all day. Um, unfortunately, I think I'd say they were probably one of the better under twenty one teams out there. I'd say like I wouldn't say it didn't perform say because they were just so good like literally there's going to be two hurlers of the year on that team Hegarty and Lynch yeah there you go exactly yeah apologies and if it brings no sorry you went down in the dumps now altogether (laughs) (laughs) Connor's right though lads we have got you know it's not too bad for ourselves either like albeit we didn't win that under 21 hour and we still got a lot of very good players I would have set up a lot of players that are currently, you know, um, big big leaders on the on the senior team at the moment. So, you know, you don't necessarily need to be winning all Ireland to be getting players. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. There's there's time and done. Who Liam Ryan, uh, Paddy Foley, Jack O'Connor, Kevin Foley, Connor yourself. So yeah, I mean, we didn't do too bad from that from that year. 
like this time last or this time last year, lads, Wexford were all were, you know were all the talk and players like Paddy and, and 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 Kevin and Connor and and all these guys were being um, applauded from afar, like about where they where they came from and how they were hurling and you know they were getting all star nominations and different things like that's good too. It's back to what Connor said before. It's um, it's the little things and Waterford. Championship last year didn't win a game. This year during the All Ireland final, Wexford didn't have a great year this year. But I don't think there's anything to stop Wexford being in an All Ireland final next year. Uh, it's just it's the beauty of the championship at the moment that all these teams just need things to click and they're there. But it's also scary that, as Connor said, a flat day and you're gone. <laughs> a lot yeah. depends on a lot depends on where this um where where this uh. County and club season is going to going to feature though, isn't it? I don't know, Connor, if you liked playing you liked playing during the winter time or, or during the summertime last year. Um my feelings are for Wexford to do well, it needs to be during the summertime on a on on, on a fast pitch where the guys can uh, can cover the ground easily. Probably not on a wet pitch up in up in a Port Leash or, or whatever in, in, in October, November. So that has a big bearing on how you prepare your team. So that's something that our guys, we probably weren't prepared for this year, was that trying to get the best out of this Wexford team in a winter championship like. Displayed, I don't know what's, I don't, I don't know what's going to really, I don't know, is it finalised? No, not yet, I don't think. There's a lot of talk yeah. of the All-Ireland being in July. Yeah, I've seen that, yeah. Two, nice two All-Irelands done in eight months, like. Yeah, my birthday is in July. It'd be a nice birthday present. <laughs> <laughs> so, going to under twenties, Davy. Who have Wexford got to look forward to watching on Friday? What? What specific players? Is that what you're asking me, Gar? Ah, yeah. Give, give us what's the feeling for Friday? Ah, sure. Listen, it's um, yeah, we're playing, we're playing. Uh, we we know who we're playing now. We're playing Dublin in Doctor Cullen Park there on uh, Friday night, eight o'clock. So, you know, there hasn't been a whole lot about it, um, locally or um, nationally, really. Um, I think it's every every second day I I, I get asked uh, when he is out, but anyway, um, yeah. It's sure we're looking forward to it. Sure, we've been probably training as long as you know the seniors have been training. The guys have like it's from January. It's we're in December now. The lads have been together since then. Hasn't been easy. Um, hasn't been easy. We've been stood down. We've been locked down. We uh, we don't know who we're playing. We didn't know whether the thing was going to go ahead at all. So we're in bonus territory now, really, knowing that we have a game and the guys have something to look forward to and. You know, there's, after all their hard work. So um, I might be excited because it's a good bunch. It's actually a very good bunch of players that we've got. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, these are the, these are the guys that we're expecting to step up into the senior set up in the next couple of years and try and improve it. So they need our full backing. They need the county's full backing, absolutely. Is there many of these lads who are already involved with the seniors? We're probably looking at um, the likes of... Um, the likes of Conal Clancy has been around. Uh, Ross Banville will be, I think he's called in. Who else? Conor O'Mahony from Glenbarrentown. Uh, Richie Lawler from the Harriers, um, from the minor team. 
um, is possibly going in. Um, yet to be confirmed, but uh, hopefully after this championship, there'll be a raft of them called in if we get a long championship out of it. So, you know, it's an exciting team. A lot of good young players, good guys um, wanting to, I suppose, our job there is to develop them, like for the senior team. So, at the moment, there seem to be a right bunch and they seem to be eager and ambitious and wanting to do well. So, we'll know Friday and we'll, we'll, we'll get stuck in on Friday and we'll see, but there's a lot of exciting talent. The game is, it's on live on TG4 YouTube channel for anyone looking to watch it. Dave will be there in a three-piece suit on the sideline. Pep, Pep <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be, I'll be barking on the sideline. Hopefully, staying out of trouble. Um, I want, if I, if I don't, hopefully, I won't have to do a whole lot of shouting because the lads will be hurling well. But, uh listen, it's not easy. Like under twenty grade is not easy. Um, you know, it doesn't not as you could say as prestigious as the minor. Um, it's often forgotten about. I know Connor, you've got a lot of, you know, you've got a lot of it over the years at under twenty one level with JJ and all, but um, like, you don't get what the seniors are getting. You don't get what the, you probably don't get, get the same as the minors, you could say. So it's a matter, it's knockout championship. You train all year for one match. Um, it's been tough preparation now in terms of cha- trying to get challenge games. We've only had a couple of challenge games. We've had a lot of very good internal games, actually. It's hard to know where you are, but um You've got lads like fighting for a place on the jersey or on the team. Like there's no better, there's not no better place to be. You've seen that plenty, Connor, over the last few years. A lot of um, A versus B games with the seniors. They've been intense as anything yeah. you've ever seen. They're yeah. saucy enough, are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you've got lads on the uh, lads trying to kill each other and you're on the same team, uh, you know that's what you want. You want lads that are fighting for the jersey. But yeah, listen, we've got it. We've got a we've got a nice few guys up to the age, I suppose, that would have been in there thereabouts with the seniors and and just we've a lot of minors from from nineteen involved too, probably t- ten, eleven, or twelve of those involved. So it's a nice blend, and um, it's a matter of just getting some success at the end of the day, really, and trying to. I suppose we've spent the whole year now trying to develop the guys. Most importantly, develop on and off the field, and. You know, if they're ambitious enough, then they'll want to go and they'll they want to play senior for Wexford. That's what's important. I think Wexford have a, an incredible chance to win minor because they play Kenny in the semi final, and in the other semi final, no disrespect to these teams, but Offaly and Westmead are playing in the other semi final. So we would, if if we can get by the easy task of beating Kenny in the minor, then. Uh, I'm going to boy in on that one. Yeah, I was just going to say that, Connor. You have a little bit of experience there. I can actually, I'll give you a a full run through of a year I've had, right? 2013, sat me leaving search. Beck Kilkenny in a Leinster semi, oh, Leinster quarterfinal, maybe, in Nolan Park um, as a minor, and went on then to get beaten by Leash in a semi final. Went on then to play an under-21 other semi-final against Antrim and be beaten in that. So I will never underestimate any team again. <laughs> um, not that I did that day, but I'll never uh, I'll never not respect the team as much as they they deserve to be respected. So No, Ben, that puts you in your place. No. <laughs> I said it I'll was never a great... I was waiting for that. 
I said it was a great chance to win. Every year is a good chance. What is yeah. good, though? What is good, though, lads? Um, I suppose what you're hoping for is we got one over Kilkenny with the minors last year, and you're hoping now to try and um build on that, like, and try and get one over him again this year, and obviously get to a Leinster final and try and win that. That's progression. That's what you want. We can't just have once-off Leinster titles at minor level. We need to consistently get to them and win them. Like, we're talking about Limerick's success over the years. I think they got into seven Munster minor finals in a row in eight years, I think. So, or, yeah, seven in a row, I think it was. Um, That's progression, and that's a sign that all the development at underage level and all the squads and everything is working. Um. So that's where we need to be. We need to. The problem is with last year's minor team doing well. There's going to be an awful lot of expectations on those guys now to be the second coming and to be the next Connor McDonalds and Liam Ryan's, etc. Right? We need those guys coming every single year. That's where we're going to build long-term success. And in fairness to this year's minor team, like they would have, I think probably eight or nine guys that were involved with us last year. Um, Dermot O'Leary. Uh, Keen Byrne, Connor Foley, very strong players, really strong players. So the talent is there. Um, there'll be a lot, there'll probably a lot of players now I wouldn't be familiar with, but Aidan O'Connor and Paul Carley are joint managers, like so good guys have involved. And you know, it's um I suppose it's it's good for them now. It's good for Wexford underage teams now to you know get those big days out um, and look at the senior team and you know, see some heroes out there and, 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 and obviously playing in big games in Croke Park and winning Leinster finals and playing Tipperary and all learning semis and all that crack, right? That's where you want these young lads to end up and that's what you want them to aspire to. So, um, I think we, just on that, Dave, though, I think we, like, we, we obviously, you're saying there about young fellas, like you want to get another one over on Kilkenny and stuff like that and, whatever it may be, I think that's where probably a lot of success for us has, has came from. Like, underage, Kilkenny never bet us. Um, you know, we were beaten in a Leinster minor final in 2012 by Dublin. Um, played in those three years of, of from what, 13 to 15 in Leinster. We beat Kilkenny in the three years. You know, it wasn't as if we missed them. We went the hard way about, you know, doing that and for the majority I look at Kilkenny now or I look at you know I look at mostly to be honest knowing that the players around my age are a year or two older they haven't beaten us and there's no reason then to jump in and say hang on well just because we're playing senior now it doesn't have you know it doesn't have to be different or you know the tides don't have to turn now Um, you just have that psychological edge I find and there's there's a good there's a good crew at the Kenny team who who have won who definitely haven't won as much as as what we have as a group of players as a young kind of maybe mid twenties players now at the moment which is which is unheard of to be honest um between Leinster minors or or uh, under twenty ones. You know, there's there's a good group of Kilkenny players, like I said, who are ads of the same age who have grown up being beaten by Wexford. Which is like I say, it's it's that's a psychological edge, and that's an edge that Kenny had over us for for a number of years. So, I think that's as important as anything, strength, conditioning, everything. 
for young players to to grow, but to grow psychologically, um, and to grow kind of stronger in your head that you you can compete if not beat these beat these teams. Yeah, you're you're hundred percent. I suppose it's evident. I'd see it now at the moment. I mean, we don't have eleven or twelve of the minors from last year involved in the under twenty setup, just by chance. You know, mm-hmm. it's the best hurlers that are involved. So those guys are obviously playing with a lot of confidence, um, um, knowing that and they're they've got that winning mentality, and matching that then with the older guys, then you have a good, a very good blend. But um, you know, that's what you get when you win. <laughs> you get that confidence, and especially you have that. It's not an arrogance, but you do have that confidence. You know, you want to dominate. You want to dominate your your. your we want to dominate Leinster for years to come. And obviously progress then to dominate in, 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 in you know, Hall Ireland. Hopefully that's the dream. But um, we have to start with where we are at the moment. That's Leinster Championships. If we consistently dominate Leinster, then we'll see where that will take us. But um, it's not easy. It's not easy, lads, with underage teams and stuff. There's a lot of work goes on. It doesn't just happen. So um, it's as that Leinster title, that Leinster minor title was as important as that senior Leinster title. That's where we get the players to. That's where we get the players to come in and take Connor's place. You know, is that right, Connor? You're getting too comfortable uh, there. No, I don't know if I am. <laughs> <laughs> a few lads uh, come in and play in the same line as me would be all right. Uh, I let them, I let them, I let them in beside me. Why? Well, I don't know. I don't, Connor, don't be allowed. that big. Don't be that big ignorant corner, that big ignorant full forward now that uh I'll never leave. <laughs> just spout, just just scratching your arse and spouting out ignorance yeah. as a new corner forward. <laughs> you run, will you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that minor uh minor semi-final on Sunday, that's that's on TG Card YouTube as well, I think, is it? Yeah, TG Card YouTube as well for anyone. That's uh, a half, half twelve, I think, if anyone wants to watch it. Davey, we didn't get your hurler of the year. I don't like. I I I I'd say Hegarty will get it. Um, I'd probably go with him as well, to be honest. Because, um, but I don't know. I suppose when it's been when you're hearing, when you're seeing it written in the paper and you're hearing it on the radio and everyone is saying it, you're kind of thinking, right? Okay, I suppose he's earlier the year. But um, yeah, it's definitely between himself and uh, Morrissey. Absolutely, possibly I've heard. If you look at it from a defensive point of view, um, like Sean Finn is fantastic, but you know, the cornerbacks regularly get it. There was a little bit of talk today about Nicky Quaid, I think, in the goal, how he's one of their probably in their top three or top four most important players. So, listen, Hegarty's after, <laughs> Hegarty's after putting up some huge scores. Like, if I, if I had a wing forward now that could do that day in and day out. <laughs> Jeez, it'd be a it'd be a great asset for anything. I'll go with Hegarty. Yeah, I, I saw the uh, I saw the talk for Quaid to get it, kind of just talking about his consistency and as and his importance. But I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think that's enough this year. Uh, I think Finn as well. He's done an incredible job all year. I think it's going to be Hegarty, but. I I go with Connor and kind of I'd be in the Tom Morrissey camp. I like players who assist as well. 
as, as someone who's not great at scoring and assists more than he scores. <laughs> I, I, have a, I have an appreciation for it. So I, I, I go Tom Barsley. Takes one to no one, Gary. Is that what you're saying? Uh, huh? Connor, yeah. Take, takes one to no one. Like. Connor's a good man for an assist, sorry. <laughs> ben? Well, I've 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 given him a hard time tonight, so I'm gonna put my vote in for Conor McDonald for earlier of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice one. Thanks for that, Ben. I felt I owed you. So <laughs> someday, ben, someday. I was gonna say Ben has a knack for um putting our guests down at some stage during the podcast. <laughs> uh team of the year. I don't know if we time. <laughs> I don't like. I know no, that, we're that's, talking, that's another show. Right? We'll, you get another show out with that, Gary. Don't worry. We're talking about Quaid for uh, for a possible contender for hurler of the year, and when you see the the, the double double save from O'Keefe, he mightn't even make the team of the year in the goal. What a save! What a double save! What a fantastic and save! Unbelievable! Yeah. It uh, it stopped. I mean, that would have been an incredible goal as well. It stopped. What would have been one of the greatest All Ireland final goals, and turned it into what's in the end a meaningless save because it didn't matter. <laughs> you you would have scored that, Connor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think he's done the right thing, though. I think he did. I think he's done the right thing, Keen Lynch. I, a few people are saying, like, just talking, there's, he should have took it to his hand. Personally, I'd say I would have struck it like he did. Um, I don't know, it just popped up lovely, didn't it? I felt like Kyle Hayes should have buried it anyway. But... Kyle Hayes should have buried it, first of all, anyway. It should have hit the ground. Yeah. Easy to say it, I suppose. But What, <laughs> what was he yeah. doing up there, eh? That's why, that's why he's in the backs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. Um, no, I mean, I don't know how you could fault Keen Lynch for hitting it first time because he connected very well with it as well. Like, yeah, yeah. Comes down to the end result, doesn't it? If it's a goal, he did the right thing. If it's not, he didn't. That's literally it. What do you think Ben should O'Keefe should had uh, come out off his line that time? No. You'd probably fall you'd probably fault him for uh saving it into the path of Keen Lynch. No, I think it was two excellent saves this time. Yeah. Didn't catch you, Connor, did they? Huh? The lads didn't catch you at the start, did they? You know, what do you mean? Didn't try and warm me up to anything, and then and, uh, uh, no, it was all right now. Then blame I did, someone if, else. If I had known that Ben is going to cut me to shreds in a few days, <laughs> now, I would. <laughs> Ask the questions that the people wanted to know. Oh, Ben yeah, doesn't like but... the sweeper. <laughs> I never said that. No. <laughs> oh no, sorry, it's your father doesn't like the sweeper. Oh no, your father doesn't like short puckouts. Doesn't like any short game whatsoever. <laughs> drive it, drive it, drive it. Drive it, drive it, drive yeah. it. He's, get the he's... ball in, get the ball into Mac. What was it? When we were talking to Gizzy, um, I was talking to Gizzy about the compliments that Willie Sunderland used to pay him. And Gizzy, like, he, he thought that was lo- a lovely thing to be said. Next thing, Ben goes, and what about the time Liam Griffin called you a bollocks? <laughs> I, I did not say that. No. <laughs> not, not in those <laughs> words, but you brought up that. <laughs> yeah, the interesting questions, you know. You you warm them up. I water them up for you to take them down. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, it'd be hard, Connor. It'd be hard to celebrate in All Ireland without uh, without a cup, wouldn't it? 
I tell you what. Don't I, I actually, I don't, don't know. Don't know. Like, to be fair, if you're going to win one, Connor, this year was not the year to do it. <laughs> well, I, um, obviously, the actual thing, thing of winning an All-Ireland, I couldn't think of anything better than that, but the, the aftermath of everything, pun, um, you know, it's... It's surreal, wouldn't it? We, it's, hard to, it's hard to even put into words how, how you would feel. I know how I felt after losing. And I can, uh, you know, and you have to drive home and you're going home talking to your mother who always thinks you're great. And... You know, and that's a fact, and you can't talk to anyone else. You know, or you don't even want it. But it's just difficult to see. It's hard to even finish a year. Uh, normally, you might go and you meet up food lads, have a couple of drinks or whatever. And uh, it's just it's just all taken away, which is, it's all just a bit surreal, to be honest. Um, In fairness, Connor, that's probably, some, that's probably something, Connor, you would actually, like every team does it. If you've had a poor year, there's nothing... You could say everyone meets up, has a few pints, gives yeah. out a little bit, sulks a little bit, blames this lad, blames that lad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, sure. Right, training starting next or next week. <laughs> anyone who wasn't on the now. team is asking or telling everyone why they should have been on it, and everyone is saying, you know, and that's that's it's part of the process of getting over a loss, really. Yeah. Um, like I'd say, I spent two weeks literally in the fog not knowing what's going on. Can't talk to maybe someone over the phone, you know, in that kind of way. It's just too difficult and there's just not enough bodies around that know kind of what it's like to go through it. Um, but, ah, look, it, it is what it is. doesn't mean that we we should have performed or we performed that way because of the, the situation. We were just poor. But anyway... You have a new hurling coach coming in this year anyway, Niall Corcoran. Yeah, he's supposed to be top class. Yeah. He'll be a good coach. Yeah, hurling Bit of freshness, everyone's looking for a bit of freshness, so possibly he'll be a big help in that regard, yeah. won't he? Yeah, hopefully, yeah. hopefully. He's back. Did he ever stop? <laughs> oh, no, we're not back. No, no, no. Uh, well, for a while there, I thought we were never going to stop, but... Um, uh, no, a couple of weeks off, I think. Um, I know it won't be till the middle of January, I'd say. I'd say. That's the, that's the talk, anyway. That'd be different um, other years, would you? You'd probably be back at this stage in other years, would you? Uh, you'd probably be doing a bit, yeah. Um, well, there was one particular, year, one particular year, Gary, we were at, I was actually back in October, I remember. No, actually, maybe I was back in September. We saw the all Ireland actually. Well, so. let me tell you something, Dave. That particular year you're talking about, we trained... In Buffers Alley. In fact, I think you could have been there, Gary. Buffers Alley, the day after the other and final. I wasn't there. I, I was only in for about two months in a, I think in November, December, or December, January. Well, there you go. That was. That Didn't even get there. After the other and final. <laughs> I remember, no, I think uh, we met up. I think we met up somewhere and we saw an all and final and had a little meeting about what we were going to do. And, didn't just have um, didn't just have Stephen's Day training or Christmas morning training or something as well one year. That was a Davy Morris thing under 21, I think. I remember training two or three Stevens' days um down in the forest in the Raven there. Remember like hitting the gym hard there in uh, in I think it was 15, was it? We hit the gym hard. Was it 14 or 15? 15. Then yeah. Davy then Davy came in and said we were all too top heavy and we needed to strip back a bit. 
<laughs> yeah. That was another thing. We got cleaned out by Kilkenny. This is my whole point. We got cleaned by Kilkenny. Probably coming to the end of one of the best got teams ever. Points, I think. Yeah. Uh, got cleaned out. They went on, cleaned everyone else out, won the All Ireland, and then we need to hit the gym six days in a row for five weeks. You know, because Kilkenny are bigger and stronger. As we're one around falling, falling, falling on their head, couldn't stand up. We were benching and then had to get bigger t shirts, but yeah, <laughs> couldn't run, kept falling over. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure, look, lads, we live and learn, live and yeah. learn. Well, thanks very much, Debbie, for joining us again. No problem, lads. Thank you very much. And thanks very much, Connor. We'll uh, we we'll look to get you back on sometime for an episode about your career. <laughs> only thanks, only so nice questions you. on this one. Yeah, not, hopefully it's not for a while either. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, hopefully give him so. time to win. Like, give him time to win. Win not learning, lads. Will you? Just... <laughs> uh, we can do. We can do two or two three, parts. maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, thanks, lads. Shane Tompkins, unfortunately, could not make it as he was in Carlo carol singing, hoping that it makes a difference to his application for the Carlo hurling manager's job. So the best luck to him with that. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. That'd be great. And hopefully at the weekend... We'll get a couple of wins in the under 20 and the minor. Best of luck to all involved. In the meantime, thanks for listening and happy Christmas. Most importantly, I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with us through taking pain. Hello, Wexford! <laughs>